Alright, hey guys, welcome back to Yinzer's Talking Sports. My name's Brandon, this is my co-host Jeff. Hey. What's going on? Well, Brandon, not much, man. I think today we're going to talk about... I stole a Steelers wind turtle this year for the 2023 season, and we're at eight and a half. A lot of That's people out. have us going over eight and a half, so what do you think? Oh, I think we talked about early in the. I I definitely think we can win nine games. Um, the schedule's not quite as challenging as mm. last year. We should be a little bit better. Um, we did win nine games last year, so I I think we can easily get to nine, ten wins this year. Well, we have the eleventh easiest schedule in the season. We play the NFC West and the AFC South. Um, and it looks like we benefit from they say a seven day rest over some of it. Uh, we had, I think the over under last year was seven and a half wins. Uh, I don't see why we can't have at least nine wins this year. We've added a lot to the offense. We've added a lot to the defense. Uh, we've really worked out the secondary. Hopefully they deliver. I believe that they deliver and TJ Watt, of course, stays healthy. Um, we could be a terror on defense. Yeah, I agree. And. We're going to have a full year of uh, Kenny Pickett preparing to be the starter. Um, we saw how much he improved with the um, the bye last week, or last year, I'm sorry. Um, so I think that's big. The offensive line's better, which should benefit him in the running game. Um, the wide receiver room, going to have a full um, Pickett's going to be there for his second year. Um, so there's more continuity, I think, with the offense as a whole. And like you said, the defense, uh, bringing in uh, Peterson, the for experience, they drafted the corners. Uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Well, going back to Pickens, too, they also had an over-under on him, whether he would generate over 750 yards of offense this year, which last year he posted over eight, so I don't know why the number wasn't a 1,000. I mean, 750, he did 800 last year, over 800. I say he goes over 1,000. I'm going to go even farther than the 750. He should be the premier target going forward. Yeah. I, I take the over on 750. Um, I'm a, a thousand should be should be the ceiling least to the floor, but um, I, I mean he, I think he's already proven to be an elite talent. You know, well apparently he had 19 contested catches last year, which was only which was third. And he was only behind Metcalf and Jefferson for the amount of contested catches. And, I mean, he made some acrobatic, really impressive catches last year. And I think with a better route tree and crisper routes, he should be open a lot more. Yeah, and um, the the uh, wide receiver room's a little deeper, I think, this year. Because um, you also remember at the beginning of last year, we had Chase Claypool around who I, I think was leading the team in yards uh, when we traded him. On a side note, the Bears seem to be having buyer's remorse there. Uh, but, but once, we made that on that deal. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we got Allen Robinson, who's a professional. He's going to be solid. Again, Deontay Johnson. Another year, Friar Muth, the rookie from Georgia, the tight end. Um, there's going to be a lot. I, th- I think he's going to be able to get open, you know. <clears throat> and he's definitely going to be a target, so. I'd say way over 750. 
So I saw something. I don't remember whether it was on Yard Barker, Steelers Depot, but they have the top four Steeler greatest players of all time, which yes. I read the article. I didn't agree. I mean, I have, I mean, so I tell you what, we'll go over what the article said, but I'm going to give you my top four Steelers, in my opinion, of all time. All right. So we'll start with Terry Bradshaw. You know, for quarterbacks, for the Steelers quarterbacks anyway, he was the GOAT. He played a different era, but he was still, he got the job done. And these are in no particular order. I've got Heinz Ward. Now, this guy could catch over the middle. He could play in any era. Any era. He was just a gamer. I've got Troy Palomalu. I think he really changed the way you look at a safety. Uh, he did some things that I'd never seen before. And since he's retired, I've never seen since. So, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, I mean, the guy got the job done. And he was a quality human being on top of it. And then, Mean Joe Green. I mean, you can't really, I feel like you can't really talk about the Steelers' defense without listing him first. He was, I, I feel like he set the bar and that bar has been high ever since. And, you know, we, we as, you know, player, not players, but we as, uh, people watching the game, we just don't realize how much he really did for the organization. And I mean, he was a hell of a player. So, and people are really scared of that dude. So yeah. those were my top four. All right. And it's interesting. Um, the the steel yeah the steel nation top four I'll just mention real quick they had Rob Woodson Ben Roethlisberger Mike Webster and Joe Green so you agree on Joe Green um I mean you make a compelling case it's hard I mean it's hard to argue who a top four it's, a, <laughs> it's I mean one of my favorite players is James Harrison but I couldn't put him on the list I just couldn't yeah. I mean, there were so many. Dermody Dawson, I'd love to put him on the list. I feel like he evolved the center position, but, you know, he's not on the list. Yeah. So who's well, on your top four? I'll start with where we agree. I have Paul Mall on my top four uh, for a lot of the same things you, you already said. Um, he was just a tear back there, a game changer. Um, he could do a lot of different things. I know Ed Reed of uh, the Ravens was the top rival. Uh, he was good. Safety-wise at that time. He was a ball hawk, but Paul Mall could disrupt. I mean, he could play the secondary. He could play him on the line. You know, he gets after the quarterback. He tackles. He doesn't just intercept. He hit. So there's him. The other one we agree on, uh, Joe Green, for the same things you said. It was a tear. Um, I was actually debating between Joe Green and Mike Webster. I left Webster off the list uh, in favor of Joe Green. Um, everybody remembers the Coke commercial. I think that stuff kind of matters, too. Like, true. you get bigger than your sport, you know? Um, well, I tell you what, if no one's ever seen the story of Joe Green, 
the Coke commercial, they should look it up because I felt bad for that. You read this, you want, you read the story. The guy wanted a contract. He wanted to stay in Pittsburgh, but they just didn't know how I felt about him. He was very standoffish. He didn't do interviews. And it's, it, finally he had a, he had a rep tell him, look, man, you've got to do this Coke commercial. This will put you on the map. You got to do it. So he yeah. did, and the rest was history. Yeah. So we had, so we agreed on those two. And now my two, my last two. Okay, I'll start. I took Big Ben over Bradshaw, and here's why. Bradshaw has the rings. He got four. Ben only has two, lost one. So he's been to three Super Bowls. The reason I went with Ben is because the way Bradshaw's career started, he was rough the first few years. Ben won his first 15, stayed on top pretty much. Um, he was even passable the last two years after he hurt his arm. He has all of the passing records in Steeler history. The only thing he doesn't have are the uh, two more Super Bowl rings. But um, Brad, Bradshaw didn't have to pay, play in the air of Tom Brady either. So, um, so that was, that's why I took Ben. And my last one. I had Big Ben on there, but I scratched them off. I scratched them out. The most controversial, but I'm going to do it, Antonio Brown. Love him or hate him. What he did, he was he was the most dominant wide receiver for a good five, six, seven years. He didn't get the attention that Odell Beckham and some of these other guys got. But he was a gamer, man. I mean, I agree. I love the Antonio Brown. I agree. I just couldn't add him to the list. I, I, I mean, I love the way Hines Ward played, but the stuff that AB did, the catches he made. I mean, maybe George George Pickens will be that guy now, but without that's what we're all hoping for. But, um, man, it's it's hard. I mean, we, think about it, we didn't even talk about Jack Lambert, um, Franco Harris. You know, there's a lot of guys, and then Rod Woodson they had on the list. Um, Jerome Bass. I liked, I, I, you know, I liked the, I had the bus on my list. I crossed them off. I had Big Ben on my list. I crossed them off. I had James Harrison, man, one of the most yeah. feared linebackers of all time. Yeah. Well, you know, I crossed them off because I don't know. I, I felt like some of those other people I mentioned were just a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, even the wide receivers, like, I mean, I feel like my list kind of skewed towards the era that I saw the most, which is, you know, 90s on. Um, but Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, like you said, Heinz Ward. I mean, it's hard. You could even put Lewis Lips on there, man. He was pretty good when he was catching. Well, I'm not going to put Lips on there. <laughs> well, I tell you what, man, there wasn't a whole lot to cheer about in the mid-80s. No, it was rough. But he was a gamer. I mean, he was probably the best player, like, in that transitional period that lasted yep. from Bradshaw to Ben, like, a good 20 years. But um, I'm trying to, like, they, they've had Alan Fanica on the offensive line. You know, West yeah, there was, Johnson, like, there was a story that said if you didn't know how Alan Fanica was, you need to crawl back under the rock. Yeah. So... Which was funny because, I mean, Fanuc was the man when he was 
It's, yeah. it's right before, you know, we retired and all that. He was the man. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, it's hard to narrow it down to four. It's fun to do. I mean, I'm sure some people, are, everybody's going to have a different list. I think. Of course. It's going to depend on the area you grew up in or whatever. Um, yeah, that's fun. We've, we've been fortunate to see a lot of good, uh, a lot of good players over the years. Yeah, and like I said, like I said last episode, over the last 20 years, we've got the second least amount of losses. So, I mean, we win games. Yeah, that's, yeah, over the last 20 years. I mean, we're consistent. I mean, we're not as good as Tom Brady because I'll chalk up those losses. Just that was all just Tom Brady. I mean, I felt like if Tom Brady had been the Steeler, you know, we'd have over 10 rings. Easy. Hey, before we wrap up, I wanted to tell you one more thing here. <laughs> so I got, <clears throat> this is unrelated to that, but I know we're, we're about to, out of time. So I do these baseball card videos, and um, I was watching one today, and the guy's pulling out some 1990 cards, and there's a guy that shares your name that used to play for the Dallas Cowboys in the 80s. Zimmerman? So I, I look him up on Wikipedia. I don't know if you want everybody to know all your stuff, so... Go ahead. But this guy that played for the Cowboys in the 80s, um, I'll read you what it says on Wikipedia. As a rookie, he was a backup left guard behind Nate Newton. His only recognition came from knocking all-pro Lawrence Taylor unconscious during a blitz in a game against the Giants September 20th, uh, I guess, 88. So I thought that was interesting. I heard your name. I was like, what? And, uh, yeah, you knocked uh, LT out. (laughs) And then faded off into oblivion. Yay! Well, hey, I like that. Oh, you gotta send me that. Send me a screenshot of that. I gotta read that. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Well, uh, like every time, thanks for watching. Um, I'm Jeff. This is Brandon. The injured talking sports, and uh, I think we're filming tomorrow, right? Yeah, we're gonna try to. Yeah, then we'll be on hiatus a little bit. So. Yeah, they were on vacation, so. All right, guys, take care.